This week on Salt and Light Radio, a rebroadcast of four of our favorite interviews of the year so far. Author and chastity speaker Carmen Marcoux tells us how to teach chastity to young people, and Archbishop Michael Miller of Vancouver explains why the bishop sent out a letter on chastity for young people. We also hear from two wonderful artists. Gerald Montpetit, the Cat Chat Man, tells us about their new projects, and we meet singer-songwriter Danielle Rose. Two weeks ago, the Canadian bishops issued a pastoral letter to young people on chastity. Now, the topic has caused quite a discussion on social networking sites, and youth leaders across the country are welcoming the message. To talk to us about how we should respond to this pastoral letter, we're joined now by chastity speaker and author, Carmen Marcoux. Carmen, welcome to Salt and Light Radio. Well, thank you so much, Pedro. It's really great to be here. So, Carmen, when you heard, this is even before you read the letter, but when you first heard about the letter, what was your initial response? Oh, I was just thrilled. Really thrilled to hear our bishops addressing head-on this issue because this issue touches every life. Um, You know, no matter your age or stage, youth, adult, married, single, chastity touches all our lives and it was just so great to know that our bishops are addressing and offering support for for everybody in this so you see a need for a letter like this absolutely absolutely and and to know the solidarity and and the bishops express that that they want us to know their solidarity with us because chastity uh, while it's beautiful it can also represent a cross for many people and we need to support each other prayerfully and, and as a community um, in living the Christian life. And this is such an important part of the Christian life because chastity vivifies our life. It brings life to our life and um, in a beautiful way. But as I said, it can also be a cross for many people, especially when it's misunderstood. Right now, after you read the letter, what was your response? Oh, I thought it was just beautiful. Um, a- again, um, as I said, I was really looking forward to the bishops expressing and offering their support and pointing to this important issue, and I felt that they did that beautifully uh, in, this, in this pastoral letter. Um, and uh, so it, it was just great to read. I think, I think one of the things that struck me maybe the most was um, that it, it states the expectations of our Catholic faith and it, and it says in it, you know, it's difficult, it's challenging, mm-hmm. but it's not impossible. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that uh, one of the problems that so many people have, and, and as Catholics, as Christians, you know, living in this culture that is so, you know, oversexed, and, <laughs> yep. and, and sex is coming at us from every angle, that, and, and as the letter states, you know, there's a lot of confusion for people. Yeah. But, but I think that the greatest problem that we experience and that I see going out as a chastity speaker uh, promoting this message is that we live in a culture that suffers terribly from low expectations. Mm. And, and I think that, um, and I, I say this often, that right now the standards in our culture are so low you can't even trip over them. I mean, yeah. you can do anything and it, is, it, it never 
is considered sinful by our culture because our culture doesn't even accept sin as a concept, right? Right. And so anything goes. So the standards are so low. I mean, you might fall into a hole, but you can't trip over them, you know. There's, the bar is so low. And I think that this letter is, is an opportunity to bring discussion for Catholics that the, that the standard is high. Yeah. that the expectation is high, and it, it is challenging. And Jesus says, you know, if you follow me, you'll take up your cross daily. He didn't say it's a cakewalk. Mm-hmm. He didn't say it's going to be easy. He said, you know, there's a cross involved here. But this is the standard. He didn't lower the standard. Mm-hmm. He kept the expectation high, but what he offers us is, is his spirit and his presence and his life and then through the church and this document points to, in a few spots, the importance of living a sacramental life so that we do have the strength spiritually to achieve that standard that God, that Christ is calling us to. Right. Now, just a note for anyone that might be joining at this time, you're listening to Salt and Light Radio. My name is Pedro Guevara Man. We're speaking with uh, a chastity speaker and author, Carmen Marcoux, about the Canadian Bishop's Pastoral Letter on Chastity. Um, do you think then, Carmen, that without the message, the message of the gospel, does the chastity message make sense? No, no. Because um, without the message of the gospel, we may as well just be living for this life. You know, we're here for a good time, not for a long time, <laughs> you know. Uh, without the gospel message that calls us, points to Christ, points to his death and resurrection, points to eternal life, and that is the good news, that Christ came to redeem us, to save us, so that we can share in his eternal glory. So there's no Without that, why would we even bother trying to live a Christian life, other than, you know, being humanitarians, and it's nice to be nice to the nice. You know, there's so much more to the gospel message, and it is that call to eternal life. So would you say that there, then there's no point in trying to get someone who's outside of the church to understand the chastity message? We might as well spend the time uh, teach, telling them about the good news and, and making sure that, they, that they're children of God first and not that they're sleeping with their girlfriend? Oh, yeah, I see what you're saying. I see what you're pointing to. I think that there is a very, at a very human level, God writes in all of our hearts. Uh, we're, we're wired for the good, the true, and the beautiful. And when we fall out of the way that we were designed in our nature, when we, when we stop li- start living not according to our nature, then problems happen. I mean, um, if, if you are living a promiscuous life, you know, whether you believe in Christ or not, you're subject to, you know, the consequences, yeah, which could be, you know... Um, it could be disease, but it can be heartbreak. It can be, you know, all kinds of yes. devastations to marriage and, and your family life and everything else. There's all kinds of personal consequences to living outside of the way that we are designed. Yeah. And we were designed by God. And it is written in our hearts to, to somehow, even without knowing the gospel, you know, there is that sense of, you know, we, we are subject to the consequences of sin, whether we believe in sin or not. So, obviously, promoting chastity at a, at a human level is, is important. But I think, in my experience, going around speaking, and I'm primarily speaking to, you know, I guess I'm preaching to the choir, I'm speaking to the baptized, I'm speaking to, you know, mostly in Catholic circles. But I think that um, without the message of putting Jesus 
into your life and being motivated to live and love passionately for him that it is so easy to fall off of the road of purity, to fall off the road of chastity, because um, that driving force towards Jesus um, can get easily just derailed by all the temptations around us. Right. And in my experience with uh, so many who read my books that are chastity novels promoting, uh, you know, showing a, uh, through fiction an example of couples, uh, young people living out this message, that so many young people would write back, guys and girls alike, that they realized in reading my books that what they have to do is make Jesus their number one. Mm-hmm. Now, then everything else falls into place. Right. You, you, like you said, you, you do go to uh, conferences at, or schools and you speak to young people. Um, mm-hmm. What are you hearing from young people about their struggles with chastity? Um, I, I think part of it is, um, you know, the, there's a sense of pressure. There's a sense of, you know, you're not normal if you're not in some way sexually active or at least having a boyfriend or girlfriend or in some sort of romantic relationship. So mm-hmm. I think there's just this cultural expectation. And, and, and <laughs> I was talking to a young person just the other day, and she said, you know, I mean, you go to a family function for that matter, and your aunties are saying, so do you have a boyfriend? And I mean, you're six years old, you're eight years old. And, and in some ways it's playful, but you, you still see it in the schools. These kids are coupling up at really young ages. There's some sort of, you know, written in the culture an expectation that you have to couple up. Yeah. So when I come in and I bring this message, of course there are some, some young people who are going to go, poof. You know, I'm not interested, I'm not interested. But for the 5, 10, 15, 40, whatever young people in that crowd that, you know, are, have ears to hear what I'm saying, they come up to me afterwards and say, thank you for, for setting us, you know, for giving us permission. It, because there's, in chastity, in purity is a message of freedom. Mm-hmm. You are free to be all you were created to be. And one of the things that I really try to encourage young people to is embracing the gift of their singleness through enjoying friendships and not worrying about the dating scene, not getting involved in romantic relationships at a really young age. Just embrace friendship and embrace the gift of your singleness and be all that you can be. Don't get bogged down by the emotional and physical entanglements that come with relationships when you're really young. Enjoy Friendships, you know, the girl who has a boyfriend has one guy to be with, and there's all kinds of emotional, oh, you know, pressure there because is he looking at other girls? Does he still like me, etc. The girl who doesn't have a boyfriend is free to be friends with all kinds of guys, absolutely, and she can enjoy that those relationships at at a level where there's no pressure for her to be anything but herself, absolutely. And so, so so many young people, when you come and you articulate this message. They're, they they do sense it. Uh, of course, there's some kids who, who just are closed to it, but there are other kids who are just set free by that message. And, and I think that's the exciting part of what I do, is when you see young people embrace that freedom, they really do become leaders. And I have seen these kids now over the last 10 years of our ministry, well, almost 10 years of our ministry, when I've gone out working and talking and emailing back and forth and staying in contact, now these kids have gone from high school through university or post-secondary, whatever they're doing, training, onto marriage and now starting families of their own. 
And they're coming back and saying to me, thank you, thank you that I didn't suffer all of those problems that I saw so many of my peers going through because you came into my life or your books came into my life at that time when there was so much confusion about relationships and I stuck to the path of purity and I held on to, you know, that freedom that comes from it. Yeah. And and they do become leaders in our in our world. E- even if they're not the most popular kid in high school, you, you know, life doesn't end at the end of high school. It goes on far beyond that. And these kids really, even in high school, shine. They do mm-hmm. become leaders. Mm-hmm. Well, Carmen, that's really, really good advice. That's all the time we have, though. So we have to leave it there. But thank you so much for your thoughts and uh, your your wisdom on this. Okay. Well, thank you so much. It was great to be here. Great. So Carmen Marcoux is the author of the popular teen novels Arms of Love and Surrender. She's also a speaker and a wife and a mother of nine. You can read her blog, Peer Witness, at her website, courtshipnow.com. She joined us on the phone from her home in Saskatoon. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel, Sirius 159 and XM 117. Here now is our featured artist of the week, Gerald Montpetit, with a song from his new album, Height of My Life. I'm going on a wilderness adventure into the life of Christ. The sacraments give life for the journey into the wilderness. I am not afraid. I am not afraid. I'm hanging on.
That was Gerald Montpetit, the Cat Chat Man, with uh, one of their new songs uh, from the new album, The Ultimate One, Hike of My Life. Now, it's always a struggle to find good quality Catholic songs, stories, and resources for kids. But by now, you should be familiar with Cat Chat. It started as an audio show for kids, and now it's so much more. And to tell us all about these new developments, we're joined now by the people behind Cat Chat, Gerald Montpetit, the Cat Chat man, and his wife, Denise. Welcome, you guys, to Salt and Light Radio. Well, thank Hi, you very Pedro, much. Yeah. Okay, so Thanks for having us. So this new CD, that's kind of different because... I was expecting a new episode of the Cat Chat, the audio show, but instead you've decided to just record some of, to, to put out a, a, a song, just songs, 12 new songs. Mm -hmm. Why, why the, the new approach? Well, to answer that question, uh, we completed the series um, back in 2005, and the reason for that is we knew that we wanted to do a six-part series and then move on to some new things. So, uh, okay. so the reason now we have all these new songs is to cater to our, our third vacation Bible school that we've come out with. Uh, so the songs are specifically written uh, for the VBS, but yet make a great CD for the kids just they on do. its own. They do. Can I just say at this time that, it's, that I want to pump up, because the first you did... The 30 best songs of Cat Chat, is it 30 or 25? Yeah, yeah, 30, yeah. The 30 best songs of Cat Chat, and to me, that's the best album. Because mm -hmm. I've heard all the series, and my kids kind of grew up with them, mm -hmm. and now we listen to the songs, because you don't need to sort of listen to all the stories again, although those are great. Um, so, yeah. so this is kind of interesting, too. Okay, yeah. so, so we, were, uh, we were hearing requests from parents and, and, and kids saying, we want more, we want more. So we thought, well, let's come up with some edgy songs fun songs for kids, and this is how kind of the album came about, too. Okay, so then that's a good, I guess, good segue to talk about the, the Vacation Bible School. Mm -hmm. um, it's not a new thing for you, but I think it's becoming more and more popular now. You've been doing them for a few years. Yeah, we have three now available. Our first one was uh, on Mary, all about Mary, and it's uh, Cool Kingdom Party. Yeah. And we had uh, so much request for when's the next VBS coming out that... We put the next one out two years later, which uh, was on, based on the Mass. It's a marvelous mystery. The Mass comes alive. Yeah. And now we've really developed a bank of parishes who are now expecting the next one, and <laughs> which we just put out released last month, and it's a wilderness adventure through the sacraments. Okay, so for people so, who, for people who uh, have no idea what a vacation Bible school mm -hmm. is, how does it work? Oh, great. Well, typically a parish will purchase one of our programs, and host it during the summer for a week long. Uh -huh. So it's designed to be a week-long program, and it's to help kids grow in their Catholic faith. And they basically do that through crafts and games, snacks, music, skits, faith lessons, all in based around that theme. Okay. And, uh, so, and you provide them with all that, so that's part of the We provide them all that in a box. It comes in a kit, and it's all ready to go. It's easy to, easy to use ready to implement. So everything, like the daily schedule, what time to start, how to oh, do your opening uh, session or whatever, Absolutely. the crafts, All everything's there. All laid out for them. The only thing they need is volunteers to, to run the program. Okay, great. And, and so uh, and anybody from anywhere in the world or across Canada, they can call you or go to your website and find out how to access. Yeah, we're, we actually are getting even orders from the Philippines. Um, <laughs> nice. A few weeks ago, we got a parish in the Philippines, so it's great. Canada and the U.S. are, are basically most of our, um, our, our parishes we're, 
we're uh, hosts who are hosting our program. Okay, great. So then that's a great idea. It's not too late for this summer if, if parishes are planning, trying to figure out what to do with their kids for a week. This is a great uh, great thing to do, I guess. Like yeah. you said, all, all they need is a volunteer. About how many volunteers would they need to pull this off? Depending on how many kids are registered, if you've got uh, you know, anywhere from, you know, they're running 30 kids, and I've got some parishes in Texas who have 250 kids. Yeah. Yeah. So really, it, it's based on uh, how many registration. Okay. Usually, it's uh, an adult for every seven to ten kids. And the program is is catered caters to all ages, so you can yeah pre kindergarten to grade five. Okay. And then they're getting uh, some of the teenage kids to help yeah. lead um, some of the games and uh, right help out. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's very similar to uh, some of the other vacation Bible schools programs yeah. are out there. Okay, yeah. No, what, it's uh, great. What's a real bonus for ours is that we're putting Catholicism into Vacation yes. Bible School, which is a real highlight, and that's what we want to focus on is our our program is 100% Catholic, where a lot of the other programs out there are, are Protestant-based, which is yes. not a problem, but why not catechize our kids? Yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. So so uh, encouraging everybody to uh, go to the website, catchat.ca, and find out more and, and, and to get on the program. And a note for anyone that might be joining the program at this time, we're speaking to Gerald and Denise Montpetit. They're the, the wife and husband couple behind the Cat Chat, uh, I guess, uh, series or the Cat Chat movement. Um <laughs> Uh, you guys uh, are going on tour again. That's because correct. part of what you do is this, these live, live cat chat concerts. Well, uh, every year we go out twice a year for probably two months at a time. Uh-huh. And we do concert presentations for both schools and, and parishes. Now, the concert uh, is usually 90 minutes in length. Uh-huh. And uh, this year's tour is basically uh, worked around our, our latest CD called The Ultimate One. Okay. And our focus is basically uh, asking kids uh, to prepare their hearts and to seek to know that God has a plan and a purpose for their lives. Yeah, nice. So, so that's the, the message that God has a plan and a purpose for them and that He loves them and to teach them to, to practice listening to God so that they can figure out as they as they learn, uh, you know, going through the sacraments and their faith life, that God uh, will guide them and show them His plan for their lives. Right. And can I just say again, because I've been to one of these concerts, they're amazing. Mm-hmm. And, and like what, what you say is, is absolutely true, that, that there's something, and I guess it's the Holy Spirit through, working through you guys, but that, that it really empowers the kids to, to have that, that to, to, to figure that out in terms of, you know, what does God want, me for, God want for me and, and, and what does that mean? that God is calling me. I, I truly felt that. Well, thank you. Um, and, and, and that's such an important part, especially schools. We just love ministering in schools because so many kids, they're just, they don't go to church, they're unchurched. And this is a great opportunity to introduce them to a God who loves them and, and in a fun and you know exciting way with Moses the cat that we yeah, have. Yeah, they are fun, yeah. And our kids are all a part of the concert, so they can relate with our kids. You know, they're, they're seeing young kids their age uh, doing stuff for God, and it's exciting. It's fun. So, mm-hmm. so our goal is to inspire these kids to know that, you know, Christianity is an is an adventure. It's exciting. Yeah, awesome. it, it's a it's a wilderness adventure. <laughs> um, um. Uh, so, you, so you pack up the whole family in an RV and you go off for two months. You homeschool yeah, now, your kids. You now that's grace because <laughs> you know you nine nine people living in a in a motorhome about two hundred and eighty square feet for two months at a time. Yeah. You know that can only be. Uh, come from God, you know. 
Okay, so this tour, it, you, it starts at the end of March. Where are you doing? You're not doing the whole country, are you? What are you doing? Where are you going? Uh, end of March, we start in Alberta, and we do a string of concerts. We're doing 15 concerts on the way to Alabama. Oh, nice. Um, so anywhere, we're starting in Alberta, going into Saskatchewan, a bit into Manitoba, and then we head sta- straight southern U.S. because we have just uh, returned from a an eastern tour in the Ontario area. Yep. Yep. We won't be returning there till spring 2012. So if anybody's interested in booking, um, we're looking at spring 2012 for the eastern parts of Canada and the U.S. And okay. we'll be doing the western parts of Canada and U.S. in this coming fall, 2011. Okay, but for the spring, you're doing uh, a little bit of Alberta and then heading down to Alabama. So if anybody is in that kind of route and they yeah. want to book you, can they still book some dates maybe? Um, we're filling up pretty quick, but okay. uh, we uh, are open to a few more dates. Okay, so it's a possibility. Anybody, any parish or school, if they, you want to contact Gerald or Denise to bring the Cat Chat live concert to your to your uh, community, mm-hmm. again, the website catchat.ca, they can they can do that. And you're booking. So you said you're booking the west coast of Canada and the states for the fall yes. and east east coast. <laughs> so Ontario and and east uh, uh, for spring 2012. Well, you guys are busy. <laughs> Yeah. Holy cow. Okay, when then, um, uh, anything else going on for you guys? Well, we have uh, an exciting adventure coming on for us that uh, we've never really dived into before. This is all new for us, but it's it's a TV series that we're uh, oh, okay. working on. We're, we've teamed up with uh, EWTN. They've asked us to do a, an eight-part television series for kids. Based on the Cat Chat, the audio series? Uh, basically on the audio series, but more an involvement of our family. So it's going to be similar to our concert mm-hmm. uh, presentation. Uh, and each episode will have different segments. For instance, we'll have five or six of our, our Cat Chat songs, and then we'll have fun times with Moses the Cat. Okay. And we'll have something called the Cat Chat Challenge, where every episode we challenge kids uh, in some way or form in, in, in their faith, to grow in their faith. Mm-hmm. Okay, and nice. And then we'll, we'll feature a super saint on another segment, and the Cat Chat question box is where we... We uh, we feature questions that kids ask us either about the faith yeah. or about Cat Chat in general, or we just answer them, you know. And uh, so that that series will be airing um, in in the fall of excuse me of 2011. We'll okay. be filming uh, this spring, which is part of our tour as well. Ah, uh, I see. Okay, that that's okay. That's that why makes we're sense. heading to that Alabama. That makes sense. Okay, great. So you're, you're you haven't started filming, so you're going to be filming in the spring. Yeah. So that's something to look forward to, I guess. Uh, in in the in the coming year, another mm. excuse to have you guys back on the show. Well, looking forward to that. Great. Well, then, thank you so much. All the best uh, in what you're doing. You guys are doing great work, and I hope that uh, you get lots of hits on your website, catchat.ca, Vacation Bible School, booking for the live concert and for people to buy that new album, the ultimate one, because there's lots of great songs there. <laughs> so, thank you so much. Thanks thank so you much, so Pedro. much, Pedro. And God bless you and the work you do, too. Thank you. So that's Gerald and Denise Montpetit, the couple behind Cat Chat. Um, again, that website, catchat.ca. And here now is Gerald with uh, another of the new songs from the new album, The Ultimate One. This song is called Jump In. I jump in and put my hands together. I look up. Got the okay Step back and pray for the courage To do the will of the one who loves me I jump in and put my hands together I look up and give God the okay I step back and pray for the courage 
do the will of the one who loves me, yeah. Show me what you want me to do, oh yeah. Show me what you want me to do. God may be calling you to be a groom or a beautiful bride. Then have a child or two, or maybe five, and live on the countryside. One thing I know for sure, God has a plan for you. I jump in and put my hands together. I look up and give God the okay. I step back and pray for the courage to do the will of the one who loves me. I jump in and put my hands together. I look up and give God the okay. I step back and pray for the courage to do the will of the one who loves me. Young boy to be a priest, or God may be calling you as a girl to change the world. One thing I know for sure, God has a plan for you. I jump in and put my hands together. I look up and give God the okay. I step back and pray for the courage to do the will of the one who loves me. I jump in and put my hands together. I look up. ago, the Canadian bishops issued a pastoral letter to young people on chastity. Last week, we looked at how we need to respond to such a letter, but we wondered why this letter was written in the first place. And to tell us about that, we're now joined by Archbishop Michael Miller of Vancouver. He is the chair of the Canadian Bishops' Commission on Doctrine. Archbishop Miller, welcome to Salt and Light Radio. Thank you very much, Pedro. So, uh, maybe before we start, the, the Commission on Doctrine, what, what is this commission? Why does it exist? The commission is one of the uh, commissions of the uh, Canadian uh, Conference of Catholic Bishops, which sort of supports the uh, bishops in their sort of theological endeavors when questions about doctrine or theology 
uh, are on the table, okay. or the bishops request some kind of reflection, then that that's the committee that the item is sent to. Okay, so then this this pastoral letter that came from this particular commission is that a, a, a is it an average example of of the kind of uh, issues that you would deal with in the commission? It, it, it's certainly one of the examples. We we deal with other questions. Sometimes they're a little. Uh, we dealt with uh, the the document on on popular piety that the bishops published right. in the, in the fall yeah. that came uh, through them. There have been uh, you know documents on on on, on a number of um, of issues. The healthcare guy, uh, ethics guide that's used in Catholic hospitals comes uh-huh. through, and it's not published by the by the bishops, but they ask for nihil obstat. You know, and, okay. and that's the commission that deals with questions of of doctrine, so to speak. So anything, so like when you said that you would support bishops, for example, so if a particular bishop has a question... Not so much a particular, it's usually the conference. Okay, so you're supporting the conference. conference. Okay, I see. And the conference at their fall meeting, you know, know, they have an opportunity to express what what do we need some um, help with, or namely what do our people... uh, people in the pews, what would be uh, helpful for them at this juncture in the Church's history in Canada. I see. So so if we look specifically at this pastoral letter on chastity, how did that develop from, from I guess, the inception to having a letter written? I, it, you know, it, um, as all letters, they, you know, some bishop or bishops have an idea, they put it on the table, others say, yes, we should do something to help our young people in, in, in the culture in which we live today. Those who are... Um, and, you know, confronted with a secular world, uh-huh. you know, and ask the question, how can I live chastely? Right. And it was, it was really, as the intro says, to support, the, you know, uh, those young people and to express our solidarity with them. Often, I think they can feel abandoned, yeah. and, um, you know, media doesn't really value chastity, doesn't talk about chastity, and all the models seem to be non-chaste, mm-hmm. or many do. And this was just a chance to say, yeah, we... We support you. You're no doubt struggling, um, and what you're doing is is good, and it's worthwhile, and it's uh, responding to the gospel. Right. So then you would say that the main purpose of the letter is is support. In, in, it's support in, and encouragement. But it's not a teaching document per se. Not not per se. I mean, otherwise you would sort of take up every every yeah, you'd have a book <laughs> every question that could possibly arise and so on. No, its its purpose was more to. Uh, uh, Provide some words, certainly of support, some of direction too yeah. for for people. But it's it's really it's if it can open the question and put it on the table, then young people will talk about it and ask others. And you know, it's it's really um, it's a support document. Yeah. Okay. I see. Um, just a note for anyone that might be joining the program at this time. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio. I'm Pedro. We're speaking with Archbishop Michael Miller of Vancouver. He's the chair of the Canadian Bishops Commission on Doctrine. And we're talking about the recent pastoral letter that the Canadian bishops uh, issued on chastity. Now, can you tell us maybe not specifically with this letter, but a letter like this one, how is that written? Do you, is, is, does it take a long time? Uh, well, consultations? It, it, it begins, of course, with a the draft of a letter. Um, sometimes the, the the very first draft comes from someone outside the commission or a group of people from outside the commission. Okay. And then it's revised and revised and revised. It's at some point sent to the permanent council, you know, the group of 11 bishops, mm-hmm. sort of represent bishops across Canada, and they would approve the, pub, the its publication by the uh, commission. 
if it's going to be published by uh, all the bishops and not just by the commission, I see. Then it, then it goes it goes out to all the bishops for final approval. That's a more solemn process. Okay, so it it, it could. This take... is from the just from the commission, not yeah. really per se yes. from all of the Canadian bishops. I see. So, but it, but it's something that could take months. It could take years. Oh, it could take. It certainly took months. It could certainly take more than a year from the time of the first. From the first idea to to the publication would take more than a year. Yeah, yeah, a lot more. Okay, so now uh, maybe maybe if we can talk a little bit specifically about the topic. So what uh, you already mentioned a little bit about why there you felt or some of the bishops felt that there might be a need for this letter. But what are some some uh, I guess uh, things that you might be hearing or the bishops are hearing about? Well, I, people? I think they they all all we have to do is have our eyes open. Or to hear a few confessions yes. to know to know that you know young people, as they probably always have, but even perhaps more so today, you know they struggle with what it means to be a chaste adult, mm-hmm. particularly in the period before marriage. Yes, uh, and whereas there used to be strong sort of social constraints um, that provided a certain support for those who were living chastely. The expectations were that you would be chaste before marriage, even if it wasn't always realized. It was the expectation. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that, for example, has that's simply not true so much, and certainly in, in, a, in popular culture, what is expected, what is seen, um, what is it, you know, in movies, yeah, uh, on television. Absolutely. There been, there's been a, a change, and, and it was just one more reminder that um, the chest, the chastity is a challenge. It's uh, it's a worthwhile it's a worthwhile venture, even if one has you know in the past not been able to live up to it or has not lived up to it. That it's not too late. That chastity is a virtue which, as Catholic Christians, we cannot simply put in the closet and forget about it, and, right. and uh, as if it didn't matter. It does matter. Yeah, and we've even found here that there seems to be a lot of confusion between chastity and celibacy. A lot of people think it's the same thing. No, no, chastity is for everybody. It's for some married couples. And, and married, um, consecrated, um, and, and so on. Chastity is a, is a virtue. It's the integration of our sexuality according to the state of life in which we in which we find ourselves. Celibacy is is you know refraining be from part sexual that, relations yes. either be, because one is single or because one is consecrated. Yeah, absolutely. Now maybe uh, some wise words from you. How how best you said that the letter is not a teaching. Uh, not per se. Letter, it's not but, like the catechism. I mean, you can no. refer someone to the catechism and and sort of the um, uh, how would I say you know the prohibitions yes. are in place. That's a different way of approaching. But you're hoping that maybe this letter will be a, a beginning for a lot of people to maybe address a topic and teach I, young people I, about that chastity. for sure. And there's even a word about it, uh, a section on fostering and recovering chastity right. in one's life. You know, yeah. the recognition that you know it might be that you're 23 and you realize. Good Lord, I've spent the last seven years in in a little bit of um you know of a bad place. I haven't yes. been chased. Maybe I didn't know. Maybe I just got carried away. And we're trying to say oh, that that might be, but uh, we can certainly um, still sort of begin on the on the path to chastity. How do you think we best should teach our young people about chastity? Uh, well, of course, the, the the best teachers, of course, is the children come from a home where chastity oh. is valued, where yeah. the parents. Um, 
have have expectations of their children, and frankly, that they educate them in the virtue even as youngsters, which means a certain amount of very serious supervision of particularly their exposure to the media and their use of social communications. Right. That can't be emphasized enough. You children are still children. They can't make at you know, when they're very young the kinds of choices that always serve their, their good and their best interests. Mm-hmm. And parents have to have a very strong, clear and consistent Stand um, in in the cultivation of uh, of a virtue. I mean, yeah. it it does matter what you see. It does matter what you know, kind of how you play with uh, social communication. It it does even matter what you wear. It matters how you talk. Yes, absolutely. And um, I, yeah, I guess with everything, it starts at home. It it certainly <laughs> it does. It absolutely home. starts at home and should be reinforced. Um, you know, in the parish. Uh, uh, and uh, in in Catholic schools, I think Absolutely. this document would be very handy, sort of thing to do, and you know, to to make available to uh, Catholic school students. Absolutely, you know, used as a as a um, as as just one of the ways in which they can introduce the topic. Absolutely, Michael Miller, Archbishop of Vancouver. Thank you so much for uh, your time. I know you're very busy, but thank you for well, thank time you very to... much, Pedro, and thanks to Salt and Light for all they're doing to spread the gospel in Canada. Thank you. Okay, God bless. Archbishop Michael Miller is the Archbishop of Vancouver and the Chair of the Commission on Doctrine of the Canadian Conference of Catholic Bishops. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel, Sirius 159 and XM 117. Here now is Danielle Rose with Psalm 139, wonderfully made from her album, Pursue Me. Lord, you search me and you know me when I sit and when I stand. You understand my thoughts from afar Behind me and before me Your hand is there to guide me Too wonderful for me This knowledge is beyond my reach Before You know it all before 
That was Danielle Rose with her setting of Psalm 139, wonderfully made from her album, Pursue Me. Now, I hate to say that I met someone else as we were preparing for World Youth Day 2002, but that's the case with our featured artist this week. Danielle Rose joined us for World Youth Day 2002. She was in the Youth Festival, and she also was one of the four singers who led the crowd of over 300,000 people for the Litany of the Saints as Pope John Paul II was arriving for the Saturday Night Vigil. And we recently connected with her at Notre Dame, which was providential. Um, but there's so much to say about Danielle that maybe it's just best if we just let her say it. So, Danielle, welcome to Salt and Light Radio. Thank you so much. It's so good to hear you. Wow. <laughs> Praise God. It's wonderful to be here today to speak with the, about the Lord with you. Great. So let's let's go way, way, way back. You were 17 years old and you went off to India. <laughs> what was that yes. all about? Well, I was blessed to have the opportunity to go and serve uh, the poorest of the poor. And I, um, I spent time with Mother Teresa's sisters in Delhi. And that whole experience... Um, led to God's, God, God showed me that he wanted me to serve the church as a music missionary, to serve the poorest of the poor spiritually through music. So okay. that was uh, the turning point in my life of knowing that I wanted to give that gift of music over to the Lord that okay. he had given to me in the first place. Okay, but you were 17, most 17-year-olds don't even know what they're going to do in university, but you already, <laughs> uh, where did that call come even before you went to India? Um... The gift that God had given me that gift of music naturally and had used it through my life. But yeah. um, my parents are both just beautiful people and uh, very generous in their gifts and in and serving those in need. And so I had always dreamed about going to India. And they, I asked them if they'd allow me to go and volunteer there. So they, they did. They were very brave to let me go by myself as a 17-year-old to the other side of the world. Yeah, <laughs> wow. So that experience changed your life. Um, and then after, the, after that, you literally went off to be a missionary using your music. Um, did, you, did you always have such clarity about what you were called to do? Did you ever doubt? Um, with the music dimension, no. I, I knew that God had given that gift, and I, I had a burning desire to be able to use it in whatever way that he would allow me to, to be able to bring people to know his love through that, you know, through just sharing my heart that way. And, um, and he began to open the doors to be able to do that. And that was God's hand. And I'm so grateful for that. So you were, uh, were you at that age already writing your own music? I was. Uh-huh. And I had been previously, but it hadn't been about the Lord. But then at that point, I began to write just only music for the Lord. Okay, so you were doing other kinds of music before. Well, uh, your, first, uh-huh. your first album, Defining Beauty, was that ha- yes. was that, did that happen around that same time or after you went to university? After, that was while I was still in university. It was when I was a junior at Notre Dame. Okay. It was when I recorded my first album. Okay. And um, so that was almost, that was 10 years ago. Okay. And then uh, when you recorded your second, sorry, the second album is The Mysteries, right? I just have yeah, to get the second album is Mysteries. So that's the and rosary. That was, in response to, that was in response to when Holy Father John Paul II gave the letter on the rosary and the new luminous mysteries. And yes. at the end of the letter, he implored the young people to take up the rosary once again. And I wanted it to be able to help share that message and to teach young people about how the prayer comes alive through the mysteries. So I wrote those, those songs as um, a means of trying to evangelize to bring the rosary um, alive in people's hearts. And you actually had a chance to present that CD to Pope John Paul II, right? 
I did on January 14th of 2004. How was that? What was that like? It was absolutely overwhelming. I felt that he, when he glanced over, I felt that he could see into my soul. Yeah. And it was very startling and overwhelming. And to receive his blessing, and he was very frail and very sick at the time, and so it took all his effort to lift up his harmony and to give his blessing upon my head. He patted my cheek, and, yes. you know, it, it was... um. It was absolutely overwhelming I to be in imagine. the presence of a saint. Yeah, I know. Um, just a note for anyone that might be tuning in at this time, we're speaking with our featured artist of the week, Danielle Rose. This is Salt and Light Radio. I'm Pedro. And uh, Danielle is our featured, art- as I said, our featured artist of the week. Now, you, uh, even after all this was happening, um, were discerning religious life. Yes. There came a point in which God made in, an experience in prayer and then discernment very, very clear that he was inviting me to enter the convent and and actually to, to surrender the whole music ministry um, entirely. And I, I didn't think that I would be ever doing that again, actually. So you, and, um, you actually thought that God was calling you to stop singing. You were not going to sing it ever, ever again. Yes, I, I was invited to enter. Well, I knew he made it clear I was entering a community where I wasn't going to be ever recording again or... Okay. you know, performing concerts or anything again. And I, and it was um, a very difficult surrender because it didn't make sense, but I knew that he was asking. It felt like Abraham and Isaac, you know? Yeah. And um, so after two and a half years of discernment with the community, then I, it, you know, it's a seven-year process till final vows. Yeah. So it's, you know, I discerned with the community that the Lord was calling me to uh, to leave and to re-enter the world. And the sisters asked me to do a farewell concert. Oh, and yeah. um, and I didn't think I'd ever do a concert again. So um, I did a farewell concert, and the day of the concert, you know, in the story, story of Abraham and Isaac, how right when the, uh, Abraham was about to slaughter his son, the Lord stopped him and sent a ram out of the bushes to yeah. offer instead, and yeah. when he was obedient. Yes. And um, the day of the concert that I would do the farewell concert, I was praying in the rosary out in a can in the desert in a canyon, and. I was pondering everything and wondering when I was leaving if God was calling me to start using that gift again or not, you know, whatever His will was. And and the Lord literally sent me a ram in the canyon. It leapt up with big horns right across from me. And, really? And uh, that was the night that I, I played music for like that again for the first time in about three years. A real ram. And, uh, a re- like a real, a real ram. A real ram. A real living ram. Are and you... the Lord just, you know, He showed me that he wow. was giving it back, and I had surrendered in obedience as he had asked me to. So, so now I've just begun to, to serve again in song after about five years of not doing that because of the whole surrender and, and discernment journey. Now, that, that's an amazing story, and, and, and I have so many questions about discernment, discernment, but maybe we can bring you back and talk about that, because I want to ask you about music. You have this, these yes. four albums that we've, we've mentioned, Defining Beauty, Mysteries, I Thirst, and Pursue Me. Um, you, you see that you're going to continue then recording and performing? No? I, uh, yes. Yes, it's, it's such a joy now to, to be discovering the plan God has for my life to be just who He's created me to be. <laughs> and um, to sing for His glory for souls, and I very much plan uh, to continue to do that, and I mean, I'm hoping to do a pro-life album next is what I feel He's asking me to do next. Right, so that's in the works maybe already? Yeah, I've been starting to write. Okay, so you're writing new songs. So you have to let us know when that when that is ready or when you have a few songs ready so we can uh, play them here. Wonderful. That would be great, Danielle. That's all the time we have. But it's been really good reconnecting with you and hearing about you and uh, 
learning about your discernment and, and, and how you respond to God's call in your life. That's quite an amazing story. I love the Ram story. So thank you for that. Thanks, guys. Thank oh, you. Thank you very much. So Danielle Rose was our, is our featured artist of the week. She joined us on the phone. She's in California while she's doing a concert tour. Um, you can find out all about Danielle and all about uh, her music and where she's going to be doing concerts at her website. It's daniellerose.com. Um, and we'll put that link on our site as well, daniellerose.com. Here now is Danielle with uh, another one of her songs, the title track of her album, I Thirst. listening to Danielle Rose's I Thirst from the album of that same name. She's going to take us to the end of the show. 
We've been listening to a special Salt and Light Radio. Remember that you can send us any comments about anything that you hear on this program or suggestions for interviews or artists. Email us at radio at saltandlighttv.org. You can also take Salt and Light Radio wherever you go. Download our podcast from iTunes or at saltandlighttv.org slash radio. Salt and Light Radio is part of Salt and Light Catholic Media Foundation. We are dedicated to bringing the light and flavor of the gospel to the world. If you like what you hear in this program, check out our other resources, our blog and videos, and how you can support our ministry at saltandlighttv.org. I'm Pedro Guevara Man, and this has been a special edition of Salt and Light Radio.